0: Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt.
1: And welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Viegas, an event coordinator of Marcourt Law Firm that sponsors the show. We're here today live and on Facebook live stream with Todd Marcourt and attorney Mike Basilius. How are y'all doing today?
2: Awesome. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Todd, it's always great getting to be able to be live on the show on our Saturdays, and now we're on Facebook today.
3: That's so exciting. We're happy to be here, and I'd just like to report that I did have a waffle.
1: We finally had waffles at Earl Abel's today. They finally opened just yesterday.
3: It was good. It's not the the flat golden brown waffle that I'm looking for, but it was good.
1: It was really nice. I like their bacon. It was nice and crispy, just as it said on the menu.
3: That was also good. Last week at supper, uh, their bacon was a little thicker.
1: That was nice. So aside from talking about our breakfast plans, why do we have our Talk Law Radio show today?
3: Well, the mission of Talk Law Radio is to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me, Talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs our law license, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but does not want us to solve your individual legal problems on the basis of general information. Instead, contact an attorney like Marquardt Law Firm to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique legal situation. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer.
1: Of course.
3: Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, and for failing to do your will. Please help those who have possibly been injured by vaccinations. Please help Christiana, Mike, and me give good information to the listeners about vaccination law today. And help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
1: So thank you for joining us today, Mr. Basilius.
2: Thank you very much.
1: How are you doing this Saturday?
2: I'm doing great, weather's nice, so I'm here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure, uh, my name is Michael Basilius. I'm originally from New Jersey. Um, I uh, graduated from West Point and uh, served five years in the US Army and that's what brought me to Texas. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, New Jersey is a very different state than Texas, <laughs> uh, but I actually was stationed in San Antonio at Fort Sam Houston, and uh, I really fell in love with the city. I really like San Antonio. So uh, after uh, serving in the military, I uh, went to law school, uh, University of Texas at Austin, mm-hmm. and uh, I served uh, some also time in the Texas National Guard, and then I went back to New Jersey uh, to, to be near my family. Uh, So I spent time up there working in New York and New Jersey at uh, commercial uh, litigation firms. And then uh, about 10 years ago, I struck out on my own and I decided to come back to San Antonio.
1: Wow. So you decided to sell your roots out here. Thank you for your service and for making yourself available to San Antonians.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
3: And so how did you get started in vaccination law?
2: Uh, You know, I was starting my practice, and uh, I happened to run across this legal article about uh, this vaccine program called uh, the Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which stands for uh, VICP. Uh, So if you do a search on the internet, VICP, it'll come up. And I was fascinated by it because uh, no one really knows much about this program, um, but it was a government program to essentially assist people who had been hurt by vaccinations, and uh, I took my first case, got involved with a, a woman and, uh, who, who uh, had a, a bad reaction to a flu vaccination. She was in the Air Force. Mm. And uh, it just started from there.
3: Before we get into the vaccine programs, uh, I'd like to hear more about your practice. So I know you do vaccines. What else do you do?
2: So I do uh, Personal injury of all kinds, but I'm a very, uh, I very much focused not just on personal injury and vaccination, but also litigation in general. So I, I, I like business. I'm a business person. Uh, So I do business litigation. Uh, I do some family law, not a lot. I do criminal defense, but uh, those are my major areas.
1: So if they wanted to get in contact with you, how should they be able to do that?
2: Uh, Best way to call me? Uh, My number uh, is 210-787-5993. Okay. They they can email me. They can go to my website. There's a contact form there. Uh, And my name is kind of hard to spell.
1: Okay. So for everyone who's tuning in, Mike Basilius' name is spelled B-A-S-E-L-U-O-S. Basilius.
3: Yeah, so I I met Mike and I was really intrigued by this vaccine law because I didn't know about it until you told me about it. I just figured that if somebody was uh, possibly injured by a vaccine, then they would have to file a personal injury lawsuit just like anything else.
2: Yeah, um, it's gotten better, but I don't think the public really knows that there is an avenue To get compensated when they get hurt by a vaccine. Um, A lot of lawyers don't do this. It's a very specialized form of law. But thankfully, in the last few years, people have become more educated about uh, this particular program. And now, I think people are more aware if they develop a reaction, they're like, well, how did I develop that reaction? Could it be traced to a vaccine? And so the fact that they're asking those questions, I think, is, is important. And it, it makes people more aware that, yes, uh, this vaccine may have hurt me. And, mm-hmm. and that's how we get the process started. Are we taking questions today?
1: Well, of course, we're always taking questions when we're live. So you can call in today at 210 308 eight eight six seven to ask any questions or curiosities that you have on vaccine laws with our guest attorney michael basilius if you can't call us today you can always reach mike and leave him a voicemail by dialing 210
3: okay so let's get into it a little bit before we take a break. And then after we take a break, we'll dig a little bit deeper. So th- this is a federal government program.
2: It is. Uh, it was started in the mid 80s. What what basically happened was uh, the manufacturers of vaccines were getting these massive lawsuits against them from people who had gotten hurt. And they went to the federal government and they essentially said, look, We're going to stop making vaccines unless you somehow protect us. So the government said, "Okay, uh, we're going to set up this program. And essentially, 75 cents to a dollar of every vaccine that you get goes into this pot, a fund. Oh, okay. And essentially, uh, that's the money that is going to be used to fund uh, injuries, uh, compensation for injuries for people who get hurt. So it, essentially, the program really helps protect vaccine manufacturers, because rather than suing a vaccine manufacturer, the government has mandated that you first go through this program. It doesn't mean that you still can't sue the vaccine manufacturer for your injuries, but it's extremely difficult. The laws uh, have been formulated in such a way that it's, it's very difficult to sue a vaccine manufacturer.
3: So it, it
2: helps people, too. Absolutely. It's it's supposed to be a, a more streamlined way of getting people the money they deserve if they get hurt. Great.
1: Well, it sounds like we're going to have a lot of ground to cover today's episode. So if you have any questions, we are taking calls at 210-308-8867. We are live today on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt and our guest attorney Michael Basilius remember to call us. Don't change that channel because we need to cover more ground on understanding what the vaccine laws are and how this program helps everyone who might be affected by it and protect the manufacturers. Don't change that channel.
0: I know him from Talk Law Radio. Now ask him your estate planning questions. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die, or become disabled, instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need to meet the Marcourt Law Firm. RSVP today for their latest seminar at 11 a.m. November 12th at the Grand View of Westover Hills at 8627 Lakeside Parkway in San Antonio. Call 210-530-4278. That's
4: 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marcourt Law Firm. You've heard him. On Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Court Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place and Court Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm, marquardtlawfirm.com.
1: And welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt. And we are live today with Michael Basilius. If you are following us on Facebook, just look up Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt, where you can find us live streaming today. But if you also have any questions you want to ask, just dial in at 210-308-8867. So about this VCIP program. VICP. VICP. Okay. So there it is right there. This is why we have you as the professional.
3: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Tell us about what it means.
2: So VICP stands for Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. Um, And as I was was discussing, it's a federal program designed to uh, help uh, compensate people for injuries that they receive from vaccines.
3: I read uh, a New York Times article that said that it's very rare for these side effects to lead to injuries.
2: It's extremely rare. Um, I don't know the statistics off the top of my head. um, But, yeah, reactions like uh, neurological and immunological reactions like Guillain-Barre, GBS, Mm -hmm. those are rare. uh, But they happen. And oftentimes, uh, I've spoken to medical experts, they're oftentimes a result of a person's genetics, okay? Why does Todd develop a reaction, but Mike doesn't? Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is your genetic coding. Uh, Some people have a specific genetic coding that will react with the particular vaccine, um, and unfortunately, we're not at the point where we have everybody's genetic code just yet. Yeah,
3: Christiana was wondering, how do I know if I'm possibly predisposed to having a problem?
1: I mean, if we have the technology to create the vaccines, why is there not a chance for preventative care?
2: Um, you know, when I spoke to uh, a very sh- uh, good neurologist, immunologist, um, it's it's cost, to be able to get everybody's coding down and to figure out what part of that coding can predispose them to develop a reaction. Mm. Um, There's been some people that that have said to me, well, uh, I haven't had a flu vaccine in 20 years. And when I went to get it, I developed this reaction. Now, does that have something to do with it? I don't know. Um, I would say this, and this is just my opinion. um, I would never discourage people from getting vaccines. I, I think that at least for the important uh, worldwide diseases that we've eradicated, uh, in my experience, the chances of a reaction are rare enough that it doesn't warrant not getting the vaccine to protect yourself. But that's just my experience. Yeah,
3: I I think that there's been hundreds of millions of vaccines given and only hundreds of these serious injuries occurring.
2: Uh, That's what I've seen statistically. Um, This all started with – there was – we first started seeing reactions to a particular – in 1976, they called it the swine flu vaccine. And they started seeing all these sort of statistically high numbers of people that started developing reactions. Since 1976, they've sort of uh, honed the flu vaccine and formulated it. So I don't know what the statistics are. The statistics are, but I want to say it's it's one in a million, two in a million. Mm-hmm. It might be higher than that, but it it's rare. Um, but it happens. So what are some examples of
3: uh, reactions that that you've heard of or that you've dealt with that are are not like one in a billion chance, but that are more likely to occur?
2: So the most common reactions that I've seen um, is a variation of a neurological disorder called Guillain-Barre. It's called GBS. Mm -hmm. Typically, if you're going to react within 3 to 42 days, and that's sort of the window that we look for is 3 to 42 days after the vaccination. You're going to develop numbness in your extremities, typically uh, in your feet and in your hands. Uh, you may feel extremely fatigued. Now, most people who get the flu vaccine, they might feel some fatigue in the first 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a paralysis and almost a trouble breathing oh, goodness! Uh, to where uh, you, you have to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the most common reaction that I see. And then what we see is sort of um, different variations. Uh, there's something called the Miller-Fisher variation where – Instead of going, um, and I may I may be getting it get mixed up. Instead of going from the bottom up, it's going from the top down. Uh, the paralysis. Oh. Um, and then you you something called um, AIDP, which is demyelinating poly, uh, neuropathy. You get neuropathy from the flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. That is the most common thing that I've seen, um, but I've seen other injuries. Um, one injury that the government has now newly recognized is something called SERVA, S I R V A. So SERVA is another acronym. It stands for shoulder injury related to vaccine administration. Well, doesn't everybody have that?
1: <laughs> I mean, you get a little sore after the shot, right?
2: You do. You do. But I'm not talking about that initial soreness. I'm talking about a pervasive type of pain that starts to run through your shoulder muscle. So what happens is if the nurse or whatnot uh, angles the needle into your, into your uh, bursa muscle, your stomach muscle in such a way, if she doesn't do it just right, what she can do is she can inject the, ant- the antigen of the flu uh, vaccine, which is the foreign substance because mm-hmm. that's what a vaccine is. It starts uh, getting into your your deltoid and bursa area of your shoulder. Mm -hmm. And it can start um, impacting your ability to move your shoulder, to lift your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Some people are very sore in the first 24 hours or so, natural. But if you have pain uh, that lasts more than 48 hours after the vaccination, And it it, it gets to the point where I've had people who have had to go for shoulder surgery. Oh, no. Yeah, they call it um, subacromial decompression where it's arthroscopic surgery on your shoulder Hmm. as a result of what's happening because of the the flu vaccine has gotten – has basically um, – it's gotten in the way of the way your shoulder works. Mm -hmm. And that's a very common injury.
3: Wow.
1: That just makes me a little cringy right there thinking about it. Um, So I know that you're tuning in late. We are here live on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt And attorney Mike Basilius is helping us understand the vaccine laws and what potential side effects um, rarely do pop up in vaccination cases. And we are taking questions today live at 210 308 8867, if you have any questions about vaccinations, curious about how do you file claims and be able to validate on you this?
2: So that's a great question. Um, How do you file a claim? Um, I suggest people use an attorney. You can file a claim by yourself, but um, as with anything, it requires an expertise that most people generally don't have. Mm.
3: Um, And you said that Sometimes the government doesn't just issue a check right after you file your claim.
2: No, sir. It's a, it's a complicated – it can be a complicated process. Um, to give you an illustration, uh, the government will deal, I think, in my opinion, more thoroughly if you have a lawyer on your side because a lawyer is going to know what documentation is needed, what medical records are needed. Um so in order to file a claim, you should go with a lawyer who is proficient in vaccine injuries. Typically, those attorneys have been admitted into the federal, bar, um, the federal court of claims. So just to give you an idea, this program is not in Texas. It's in Washington, D.C. So as an attorney here in Texas, I can take claims from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I don't even see my clients because I know what's needed to file the claim properly. And then from there, um, I deal with the government uh, because uh, there's certain components of proof that the government needs. And uh, you can certainly try that on your own, but it's not something that I would advise.
3: I think that uh, I know somebody who m- might have been injured by the flu vaccine. Uh, maybe she didn't know about this. What is there a time limit? that she has to file her claim
2: great question so there is a time limit it's three years typically from the date of vaccination and the government says in its materials oh three years from the date of vaccination or for from the date the symptoms first started i don't like telling my clients that Uh, that can be a very you know sort of subjective thing when Mm -hmm. did your symptoms first start I like to go three years from the date of vaccination. Uh, We've had people die sometimes in very rare certain instances. So the statute of limitations gets extended four years from the date of vaccination and no more than two years from when they first had symptoms. Um, And people need to be extremely on guard that they do not miss the statute of limitations.
3: So if they have a loved one. Passed away, and they think it might be due to a, a vaccine, they should take action right away.
2: Absolutely. Uh, and let me just emphasize the statute of limitations is in place regardless of age, okay? Uh, meaning that if you have a minor, so we have clients that, so I, I just had a client, very young client under the age of 18, that got the flu vaccine, developed Guillain Barre. Okay. Miss school still is dealing with symptoms from that.
4: Mm.
2: They don't get to wait until they're 18, which is typical. Uh, we call it tolling right? other kinds of lawsuits. No, no, no. If they're a minor, they have three years. They don't get a pass because they're 18.
3: So parents need to know that they have to take action if they think this
2: happened. Absolutely.
1: So that's why you really need to be attentive about. The way that your body reacts day to day, understanding what when you're healthy and when you're feeling ill.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people um, they're just not aware. They don't they don't know that if if they develop a reaction that it could be traced to the vaccination, or if they realize that it's uh, from the vaccination, they don't know about this program, and they wait too long. Um, and it's it's really unfortunate. I had a gentleman; his wife died uh, from um, from complications that I don't think were related to the vaccination. But he waited too long to come to me, mm-hmm. and I said to him, "I can't help you. I can't help you. As much as I want to, I can't help you." So yes, you have to be vigilant.
1: Well, if you're tuning in and this is sparking any kind of concern for you or your loved ones, Mike is available if you dial two one zero. 787 But before we end today's show, we are still trying to take live calls. If you dial in at 210-308-8867. How long has it taken you to be able to memorize all of this, Mike?
2: Uh, I've been doing this for about 10 years. So in that 10 years, of course, I, I run across many clients. And uh, you just, you sort of learn how... I don't want to call it a game, but you learn how the program needs to work and what's needed to get people compensation.
3: When we come back, we're going to ask Mike about what a typical claim looks like and and how it it proceeds, and I'm also going to ask him about World War Z.
1: (laughs) Well, we definitely need to cover some more grounds about this, so don't change that channel as we return with Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. Stay tuned.
0: Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt is sponsored by the Marquardt Law Firm and does not attempt to solve your individual legal problems upon the basis of information contained herein. Instead, contact an attorney to discuss the specific facts and circumstances of your unique situation. The views and opinions of this program do not reflect the views of the Salem Media Group.
1: And welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Cristiana Viegas, and we are live today with attorney Mike Basilius about vaccine laws.
3: This is so interesting.
1: So there is uh, that part in the film World War Z where they try to create a vaccine to cure cancer, but unfortunately, like how you've described, it depends on the genetic components that people ended up turning into zombies instead. The only way to survive the vaccine <laughs> slash a virus. Well, don't
3: ruin the movie for them. Oh, okay. Then. No, that's okay. <laughs> Tell me about the
2: movie. It's but, fine.
3: But let's, let's get into whether people should be getting vaccines or, or based on this information, should they just not?
2: So I want to emphasize to people, um, and this is just my opinion, I, I get my flu shot every year i I believe in preventative medical care. I know there are some people who don 't and I respect those opinions uh, but i don 't want to i don 't want to come off as saying well you 're going to get hurt if you get vaccines that 's not what i 'm saying at all Th- These are in my opinion, rare reactions, and the overall benefit that you get from vaccinations outweighs any particular um, Danger if if you of a reaction. In overall, vaccines um, help protect the public, and right. so I don't want to alarm or have this program come off as saying don't get your vaccines. That's not what I'm here for. I'm just trying to educate the public that if they do develop, in the rare instance they develop a reaction, there's compensation out there for them. Um, but I I'm I believe in vaccines. I believe in protecting yourself. If I travel to a foreign country. I get the vaccinations for that country mm-hmm. because there are illnesses there that I want to protect myself against um measles, polio, things like that I, I know people have very strong opinions about the subject, but my p- opinion is i vaccinate I vaccinate myself if people want to vaccinate their children and and you've
3: heard all the bad stuff, and you still get the vaccines because you know that it's a very small chance
2: yes i mean i I don't have a million people calling me for vaccine injuries. It's a rare occurrence. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when they do, I I help them. I try to help them. You have Um, other areas of practice
3: that you focus on as well. Absolutely. Because this doesn't keep your doors open.
2: No, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I wouldn't say that.
1: If you do have concerns, though, Mike is available when you dial him Monday through Friday at 210 787 5993 and you can find him as Michael Basilius that is B like boy A S E L U O S
3: if you have questions right now because this is confusing please call us at 210 308 8867 this is your chance to ask an expert on vaccine law about whatever's confusing to you.
1: Or comment in on the Facebook live stream that we have. Just go to Facebook and look up Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt, where you can be able to see us behind the scenes.
2: So walk us through a claim. Okay. So if a client comes through the door, the first thing I ask them is, what is the date of vaccination? I need to know. Because from there, the statute of limitations starts to run. Mm -hmm. The other requirement that I'm looking for is have they had the symptoms for at least six months, okay? Because that is a requirement. You had mentioned about people who their shoulder hurts after they get a flu shot mm-hmm. for about a day or so. That's not compensable. That, that's not a claim. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about individuals who receive a vaccine and then develop a reaction that lasts more than six months. The symptoms have lasted more than six months. And what I inevitably tell clients is document, document, document. Go to the doctor. Um, with the shoulder injury, the government likes to see some sort of complaints of pain that occurred within 24 to 48 hours after the vaccination. So if you get a vaccination in your shoulder and a week later you're still having problems, go see a doctor, even if it's an urgent care. Get it documented that you have pain. So from there, a client walks in. I find out um, the date of vaccination, We get records of the vaccination and we get records, medical records of all the treatment they've had since the vaccination. The other thing that I work with the client in getting is the government likes to see all medical records three years before the vaccination. Holy cow. And the reason they do that is because in their mind, they want to make sure that the person did not have a pre-existing condition that explains why they are the way they are. Mm -hmm. So
1: is if they don't have the opportunity to get an attorney and they're trying to do this on their own. Is there a statute of limitations to get access to those documents? Do they need an attorney in order to justify why they're asking for it? You mean your,
3: their own medical records? Yeah. No, you can always get your own medical records,
2: right? Yes. Yes. I mean, they wouldn't need an attorney to get medical records. Okay. So if they did it on their own, they're going to have to produce that documentation. Three years of medical records before the vaccination, they actually have to provide proof of the flu shot, and when I say that is I need the vaccine lot number, the manufacturer, and they often will get into detail, like what shoulder did you get the shot in, because mm. they want to make sure that that's the shoulder that's actually hurting, mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
2: Um, and Walgreens or whoever you get the vaccination from, they'll give you that, um, and then all the medical records afterwards, and why is that important, because Uh, once you submit the medical records, the government will come back and say, you know what, you're right. We think the vaccination caused this reaction. Now we get into what's known as the damages. What are your damages? Or, and this is where I think a lawyer plays an incredible role, the government will say, "Um, no, I don't think that this is what caused your reaction. And that's where I think you need experts. This program, in my opinion rises and falls with the quality of your medical experts because most often treating doctors are not going to write in the medical records that Mm -hmm. the vaccine caused your injury right they just won't i don't know why but many medical doctors shy away from giving an opinion on what caused your injuries because they don't want to be drawn into a lawsuit Mm -hmm. or, or some sort of legal proceeding they just won't do it yeah so I have had cases where they would because it's just obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have to go get experts. And most of the time I get a neurologist or an immunologist. And they'll review the records and they will write a report. And I submit that report to the government. Either the government will accept the expert report or they'll go get their own expert mm-hmm. and who will try to counter. And then inevitably we have to have a hearing to decide what, who is right. Did the vaccine actually cause the injury? Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are several areas that you have to hit to do that. Um, From there, you can get damages. So
3: damages, you mean the amount of money that I should receive to compensate me? Correct.
2: So there's three areas of damages, and I think this is important for your listeners. The first one is pain and suffering. Past and future pain and suffering. There is a cap, which I don't like, but there is a cap. Mm-hmm. $250,000 for past and future pain and suffering. I often tell my clients the cap, the 250000 is normally reserved for uh, people who have these lifelong conditions like babies who have – um, perhaps they, they develop a seizure disorder that they will have for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. They're going to have incredible pain and suffering for the rest of their life. So they would be eligible for, I think, for that full 250,000. And then everything else is just sort of falls in the middle. If mm-hmm. you had surgery for your shoulder, you 're going to get more money. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you 've pretty much recovered, right, three, four years down the road. You're going to get money for your past pain and suffering, but not as much for your future pain and suffering. The second aspect of damages is um, income.
3: Lost wages.
2: Yes. Past and future lost wages. That's where we start getting into show me your tax returns. Uh, Let's have someone look at are you going to be able to continue to do the job that you're in. So there is no cap on lost wages. Mm -hmm. You can get as much as you want. And it can run into the millions some people I've seen were ma- were doing very well, making six figures, and now they just can't go back to that job mm-hmm. and the government will compensate them okay The third aspect is uh, medical expenses so if you pay out of pocket for your medical expenses both both past and future, you're eligible to get all your medical expenses paid now there's a caveat to that if your insurance paid for it. Government's not going to give money back to the insurance company. Uh However, if you are on Medicaid, um, the government will fully compensate Medicaid. um, And then if you have co-pays, deductibles, things like that, they'll pay for it fully. Um, And those are the three major areas of compensation.
1: So it does sound like it's going to take a lot of planning, and thank goodness that you're the professional. You're still available Mondays through Fridays. If you dial Mike at 210-787-5993, but we still have another segment before we end today's show, so don't be afraid to call us. Share with us what are the curiosities that you have about vaccine laws by dialing in at 210-308-8867. So another thing that I think also people might have questions on is how do you determine the value of it? If people just think that I have uh, an injury, we got to figure out how are they able to file that claim on their own?
3: Yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back. Also, uh, vaccines for pregnant women and children.
1: So, don't change that channel as we return with Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. Stay tuned.
0: You know- from Talk Law Radio. Now ask him your estate planning questions. Want to have a say on who'll get your money and assets when you die, or become disabled instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need to meet the Mar Law Firm. RSVP today for their latest seminar at 11 a.m., November 12th at the Grand View of Westover Hills at 8627 Lakeside Parkway in San Antonio. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Protect what's
4: yours with Marcourt Law Firm. You've heard him on Talk. Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Court Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place. Court Law Firm can help you do just that. It can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquart Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com.
1: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquart. I'm your co-host, Cristiana Viegas, and we're here today live with attorney Mike Basilius about vaccine laws, we're taking questions before the show ends at 210-308-8867. Now, about claims with pregnant women and their children.
2: How does that work? Uh, so pregnant, uh, pregnant women uh, often have to take certain vaccinations during the term of their pregnancy. Uh, they are eligible um, as well as their, their children when they're born, if they have those reactions, would also be eligible for compensation. Um, I have women that come to me pregnant that um, they developed a shoulder reaction because mm-hmm. they got a particular vaccination. So they, uh, Or they may have developed uh, – I've actually had pregnant women who developed Guillain-Barre, uh, and uh, that was scary right? I bet. because of the paralysis involved yeah. in the children. Mm. Uh, again, these are rare reactions okay mm-hmm. but um so yeah we we um we have no problem dealing with it um uh you had asked me about sort of what we need to prove right. um, it, it, again, legal standards are that's why I think you need an attorney because typically people are not gonna understand these legal standards, but what the what the government says is or the or the special masters is is who deals with it. You need a legal theory that connects the vaccination to the injury. And then you have to have show some cause and effect between how I'm sorry, between the vaccination and what they got hurt. And then there has to be the time element. A lot of times the time element is important, but sometimes that's all people have is like, okay, within a week of vaccination, I got hurt. I'm like, well, I'm going to take that because that's helpful. But I still got to get an expert, a medical expert, to provide me a medical theory to to link what you got from the vaccination. Um, For example, I've had some infants who have had really bad seizure disorders. What we did with them is we had them genetically tested. And we had their parents genetically tested. And it turns out that there's something in their genetic code that – If they had not gotten the vaccination, they would have been fine. But when they got that vaccination, the best way to describe it is a boiling pot of water. If you turn up the temperature enough, that water overflows Mm -hmm. and you get an accident. Mm. The same thing um, my experts have been really good at. Let's look at the genetic coding and we can show that the vaccine was sort of the last straw in having them develop the reaction had they not gotten the vaccine they would have been fine but mm-hmm. the vaccine pushed them over the edge because it interacted with their genetic coding we've done that wow so um it's it's been very fascinating i like the science quite a bit and the bottom line is we just don't know 100 percent how people react with vaccines mm-hmm. it's a Immunology in of itself is not the easiest thing. It's not like a broken bone. It's, uh, it's very theoretical in some cases, um, and we just don't understand how 100% how vaccines affect the body. But most of the time it works. Yes, they do work, of course.
1: So then if you need to set up a consultation with Mike, he is available Monday through Friday dialing 210 787 five nine nine three that's basilius be like boy a s e l u o s
3: before we talk about legacy which is my favorite um we have to address the elephant in the room some people think that autism is caused by vaccines uh what are the court what have the courts said about that
2: Yeah, that's a very unfortunate situation. I think, uh, I don't know exactly when, but something like 5,000 autism cases had been filed into the program and they were dismissed. Um, And the reason they were dismissed is because the special master who did the ruling essentially uh, believed that they could not medically link. There was no medical theory strong enough in her mind to link the vaccine to autism. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there was some discussion about the doctors that had been used and their credibility was under question. This is by the attorneys who filed the cases. Mm -hmm. I always tell uh, parents who come to me with autism cases, um, right now as it stands, autism cases are likely to fail in the program, and the reason is because we just haven't developed a strong enough medical theory acceptable to the court's. Uh, to link it. It doesn't mean that there isn't a linkage. And I want to emphasize that because science changes. Uh, I can tell you right now, Guillaume barre I used to have to fight with the government to prove Guillain-Barre was linked to mm-hmm. the vaccine mm-hmm. to vaccines. I don't have to do that fight anymore as much. If you develop Guillain-Barre within three to 42 days after the vaccination, there is now a presumption. Which is a very Strong word. Mm -hmm. It's presumed now that the vaccine actually caused your injury. That just happened, like, in the last five years. That wasn't the case 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I had to fight. I had to fight to get Mm -hmm. people compensation. I don't have to have that strong a fight anymore. Um, And there's no reason why, down the road, that may not occur with autism. We just don't have enough science. We don't have enough of the scientific, certain... um, scientific theory and evidence to push us to get compensation just yet.
3: Okay.
1: So if it's gonna be difficult for that certain situation, if they are trying to validate though if they might have symptoms like CERVA or GBS, um, is there a directory of some sort that they can refer to of all these kinds of cases?
2: Absolutely, so if they do a search um, on the internet, VICP table,
1: Okay.
2: Um, the government publishes a table of injuries uh, that they believe are uh, presumed again, presumption, presumed to be related to vaccination. And they literally have a timeline. So if you get if you get Guillain-Barre within three to forty two days from the flu vaccine or some of these others, it's presumed. Um, But I always tell clients, don't don't be limited to the table. If you develop any other injury, we might be able to link it. Uh, for example, Gardasil, that some wi- some girls have developed reactions to Gardasil.
3: What is that, Gardasil?
2: Uh, it's uh, it's called the HPV vaccine, oh, okay. human papillomavirus yeah. vaccine. That's, uh... um, again, rare reactions, but they do occur. So I'm like, listen, the table is a guideline, but if you develop some other symptom that you think is related, let me know. I'll talk to my experts and see if we can link it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. Right.
1: So then what about the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System?
2: So the VAERS is, my understanding, a program set up by the Centers for Disease Control. And the reason they set it up is it's a way for someone to alert the federal authorities that they've had a reaction to a vaccine. And it's a it's ter, it's to me. I always tell people: if you had a reaction to the vaccine, go to the, the the system, the VAERS system, and report it. Just report it. It's really good because it helps solidify our case. But let's say a particular batch of vaccine has a highly unusual number of reactions. If people are reporting it, the CDC can look at that and say, "Well, wait a second here." This is statistically high. Maybe we need to take a look at this particular batch mm. and and pull it off the market. I, right. I don't
3: know. Just like they take lettuce off the
2: market sometimes. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Well, then, if you need to set up a consultation with Mike, his number, again, is 210-787-5993. That's Michael Basilius. Be like boy, a. S-E-L-U-O-S.
3: So, Mike, you know that at Marquardt Law Firm, we help people with last wills, living trusts, and estate plans. And so I always like to ask our guests about legacy. And one legacy that I learned from my granddad was maybe uh, 30 years ago or so, I was sitting at his kitchen table doing my homework and He was eating his goulash. And uh, I asked him if he was ever going to run for political office. (laughs) And he said, no, Todd, the, the most important things in life are your faith in God and your family. And politics isn't just, for me, falling into those two things. And so I always remembered that. And If I get into trouble or I'm trying to make a decision about something, I think about my faith and my family. Can you think of uh, something that you learned from a a friend or family member that, that you would consider was their legacy? Or is there an idea that you would like people to remember you by?
2: Okay, you asked me this before we started and I started thinking about it. Um... You know, my parents were uh, Egyptian immigrants, okay? Mm -hmm. And they came to the country with nothing. And uh, I'm very proud of what they did because they really taught me uh, hard work. Like, just hard work. You got to work hard. And so um, you're asking about legacy. I would like people to remember that I always worked hard. And uh, I never, uh, don't ever settle for In other words, the standards you set are not to be compared to other people. They're for yourself. Mm -hmm. Set high standards for yourself. You only have a limited time in this world. Mm -hmm. Then you go. So don't waste oxygen. Yeah. Use up the time and build yourself up. Like I was talking to a a gentleman the other day, and there was a thing there about – The five aspects of your life that you should try to excel at. Mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial. Hit those areas. Excel in all those areas. And then be a a man for others or be Mm -hmm. a woman for Mm -hmm. others. That's something I learned because I went to Jesuit schools, Jesuit Christian schools. And that was their mantra is be a man for others
3: that's awesome yeah thank you for
2: sharing that
1: and thank you for joining us today Mike it was great being able to cover all this information you can catch us next week live next week we are finally having our divorce law episode with attorney Lisa Vance and pastor Doug Muller Dan Dan Muller I need to write that down. I need to call him up and apologize for butchering his name. Pastor Muller, we look forward to you joining us. But Mike, thank you again. Thank you. This is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt.